0: Hey, hey, okay, so you guys know that I've moved my platform over to Patreon and that's patreon.com slash Jamie So everything is moved there. That's where I'm now housing all my parenting content. For a dollar a month, you can access all the episodes of my podcast, but no worries if you don't want to do any financial commitment at all. We'll continue to release selected episodes here on your favorite listening platform. And just so you know, I also put up free public posts and mini-podcast on that Patreon page. So all you have to do is head over to that main page, patreon.com slash Jamie jamieglowacki, and you can see my free public posts and mini-podcasts. Head over there to check it all out. And now, on to today's show. Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, but holy fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome.
1: So today I'm doing something slightly different. So in the past, all the folks I have interviewed have been like specific experts, you know, to share some expertise of some sort of toddler issue you guys might be having. And I want to start interviewing just really cool people that I want to talk to because I am sick of hearing my own voice all by myself. And you must be sick of hearing my voice all by myself. So today I have Lauren Rodick Eberly on, and I found her through Kids Who Explore. And actually she and her two partners in this business contacted me to be on their podcast and they had their shit wicked together. Like they're booking me out in October. And I was like, all right, I might be dead by then, but cool. <laughs> and then I saw their website and I was like, no, no, I need you on my podcast. And I do not have my shit together. So Lauren is with us like ASAP, which is awesome. So hey, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Uh,
2: yeah, for sure. Why don't you give everybody like uh, like who you are and what you do and, and then we'll jump in. Okay. So yeah, like I said, I need to work on a better elevator pitch. So I'll try and make this short and sweet. But I usually say my main job is I'm a music teacher. So I run my own business called Miss Lauren's Music Studio and I teach voice, piano, ukulele, preschool music classes, which goes in interesting to your potty training. (laughs) And then I write cookbooks and I sell cookware and I run my website, which is a blog. And as of recently, as of January, I started working with Kids Who Explore. So one of my best friends created it and we launched in January. And like you said, we have three of us on the podcast, but we have a bigger team behind the scenes and we're all about getting kids outside. And really, we say we want nature to help raise our kids. Nice. So
1: that's an awesome headline now we had connected on Instagram when I did a post about ticks and using like a lint roller for ticks let's talk about tics. which for is for really which t- is my
2: new my new favorite fun fact because <laughs> every single day my daughter and I get outside and we spray ourselves with an all natural tick spray and then we come inside and we do the whole tick check thing. But now I have a lint roller right by our door. And then I told everyone they need to like all my friends, they have to have one in their hiking pack now. So as soon as they get back from their hike, they can lint roll themselves up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Lauren is based in Calgary and Long Island. She split her time and I'm in New England. So ticks are a big fucking deal for us because they're all over. I don't know if you guys know, but Lyme is a town in Connecticut. So Lyme disease came out of Lyme, Connecticut, and that's where the hub of ticks are. So there's a whole bunch of theories of how the ticks got so bad here. Some more conspiracy minded than others, but, um, but regardless ticks are everywhere. So I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram post, but you can use a lint roller. Now kids who explore podcast had, what was the mom's name? It was a mom. Jamie Jones. Jamie Jones, who has Lyme disease, and she was really good. And she had some really other good tips, I thought, was like, wear white. I never yes. thought about wearing white so you can see the ticks
2: Or any light color. But any dark colors, yeah, they're going to hide and you're not going to be able to see them. So anything that's like light pinks, light whites, yellows, anything like that.
1: Well, yeah. And now you're going to see my ass fat a lot more in white, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a child of 1982 so I wear black because somehow I actually wear black because I spill coffee on myself constantly but but yeah it's time to wear white pants
2: (laughs) that that is actually the problem I actually did a news segment last summer on a hiking trail about ticks and I had thought about that ahead of time. And I was like, okay, I need to not wear black because I'm talking about this. But my best friend, Adriana, kids who, I saw, yeah, yeah. who I hike with, was in dark <laughs> from top to bottom. And she's like, okay, this is not a great example <laughs> of what you should wear. Well, and then the other thing that Jamie Jones
1: said that I thought was really great, because I am allergic to mosquitoes and with the ticks. And so I use deep. I use backwards off. I use like 40% deep because I get so infected with mosquitoes. And I, it's one of those things that I always feel like horrible about, like, oh no, I'm like a hippie mom who uses D. Oh no. Like I'm going to get kicked out of the club. (laughs) But but (laughs) I like hearing like, that's the best, that's the best defense, you know? And I'd rather for me personally, like I use D because
2: the other infections would be worse. Do you know what I mean? And so, so anyway, I thought it
1: was nice to hear that.
2: Yeah. And I don't use DEET. I use, I was telling you, it's called Tickwise from Three Moms Organics and it's made here on Long Island in Hamptons. And the one, well, so it will work. They're going to be on our podcast as well. Okay. <laughs> June, all right, cool. June 15th. So you can learn all about that. But their spray works and is proven to work for up to two hours. So you just have to spray it more often, probably than like a DEET. Okay. But for anyone that doesn't want to use DEET, that is a good solution. Cool. Tick wise. Okay. Do you guys get that? Yeah. I'll put that in the show and the other too. thing to know too, cause one of them she has like, she's suffered from Lyme's disease for 10 years or more and she couldn't use DEET when she was in okay. the thick of it, it made her not feel good. So that's another reason.
1: Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like, Oh, what's the worst thing. But I also have spent like, I don't know, hundreds of dollars on all natural re- things that don't work recipes. And for me it's the mosquito bites, but um, uh, right.
2: Yeah, you have to weigh the pros and cons, right?
1: Exactly. So you started to say that you keep your lint roller in your backpack. What else is in your backpack? What are your hiking essentials?
2: Actually, that's a very good question because before I had my daughter, I would always pack so much. I love to eat. So I was just always had so much food with me that I packed so much and it would be so heavy, but then it'd be light by the time I ended my hike. (laughs) So, but now I feel like I'm a bit more conscious because I'm also carrying a kit on me. So, in my backpack, for sure, first aid kit. Back home, bear spray on Long Island. You don't have to worry about bear spray, but where you are, do you have to worry about bear spray? No.
1: Okay. We have like a, we have like a county bear Okay. Like makes his way around. <laughs> <laughs> has the um, nickname and everything. I, he has a nickname. I can't remember what it was, but it's like lock down your trash. Henry's out again.
2: Right. <laughs> Okay. And then uh, tick spray, obviously. So those are my kind of like safety things. And then water, for sure, tons of water, snacks, depending how long you're going for, maybe meals too. Layers, especially back home in Canada, because you could get to the top of the mountain and it turns into winter. Yeah. And I like to have something to sit on. And that's also good for ticks, <laughs> preferably, yeah, so you're yeah, not yeah. sitting on the bare ground. So like a little cushiony seat or a blanket or something for when you get up there. Top things. I okay. So I was just in Utah. hat, sunscreen,
1: <laughs> hat and sunscreen. Yep, 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 yep. For the back of the neck. I just was on a trip in um, Utah and coming from Rhode Island, it's like I don't know sixty-five, seventy, right? So I looked ahead and it was going to be eighty degrees. But you know, it's hard to imagine eighty when you're not in it. Even though right. it's eighty every summer, I know. So I didn't pack any shorts or anything. And we ended up hiking and we were doing like 9,000 feet elevation, you know? And so it was hot. So I had, I just bought this Title IX dress, you know, and Title IX great. They got like athletic wear dresses, right? That didn't get wet. So I was like, oh, I got this black Title IX dress. I ended up wearing it for everything. But now I hike in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, where the weather changes the fastest in all the, North, you know, in all the Northeast. Right. So it's not, it's very, very common to have gorgeous weather and then a blizzard at the top. So we go on this hike in Utah and we we get to the top and it starts to rain and then it starts to hail. I'm in this title nine dress. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't even have a jacket. I barely have water in my camelback because I'm like, whatever, I can do this with my eyes closed. I get a thin layer of ice crusted up on my shoulders. And like, my friends are like, well, what, oh, do you want to stop? And I was like, well, what good is that gonna do? I yeah. to keep going to do? Like, it was the funniest thing though. And I was like, I can't wait to write this review for this title nine draft. Like I literally went through out and then every got home, my dress was so, I wrung it out,
2: let it dry. And I wore it out to dinner that night. Oh my goodness. You are impressive. Okay. Well, and there's another thing that needs to be in the hiking pack, some sort of rain gear. I honestly think at least back home. So clearly the same for you too, is you need a little bit of every season. Because you could get to the top and it could be winter. You could get to the top and it could be raining. You just don't know. All right. Next question.
1: Let me define hiking. Because here's what I have found. I have found that most kids love hiking. Now, your baby's 14 months, right? So you're carrying her. So, but like from toddler on, we tend to call nature walks hiking. And it's not a hike. And they know that. And they love hiking mountains, but they get really tired of nature walks. I have found this. So what do you call hiking? Is hiking like
2: a mountain, elevation? Right. (laughs) Okay. So this is something we talk a lot about at Kids Who Explore because the big thing is that we don't want people to feel like, okay, it has to be this huge mountain, this huge summit in order for Mm -hmm. people to feel like they've accomplished something. We just want people to literally get outside the front door. So whatever that means to that person is a hike. <laughs> so You're like stop your judgy Jamie. Like <laughs> but, but I but <laughs> I will answer like your you question. <laughs> <laughs> But I will answer your question from my perspective. So, from my perspective before carrying a kid, I was like, okay, anything, do you have all trails? Do you have the all trails app? Of course. Okay.
1: So, anything because you don't know this. I get lost going to the bathroom.
2: Like I okay, it, same. I have to have <laughs> I need a GPS to get to my kitchen. Like <laughs> This is why everyone in my life gets concerned when I go hiking because they're like, are you going to get back? You don't have service. <laughs> I'm on <all> trails. <laughs> exactly. So before I kind of was like moderate and difficult are hikes and right. easier kind of just nature walks, but you can still call it a hike if you want, whatever. But now I kind of just think with kids, it's like for them, you're right. Anything can feel like a hike. So as long as it's not a paved flat ground, I'm going to call it a hike for my right. daughter So here's, here's what I have found. And just
1: because <laughs> okay. like my kid's 15, so I've cycled through this longer. The kids actually get tired. So it's not whether it's a hike or a nature walk. What it is, is that moms like to be outside. So the kids go on, uh, let's say a nature walk, and we come across the stream. The kids want to stop and play at the stream, and that's that. But the mom has it in their head. We're on the red dot trail. We're going to finish the red dot trail, and we're going to get around this pond no time for fun, no time for exploration, just we're going to do the trail because we set out to do the trail. And so that's where, and then the kids, I'm telling you, nine years old, your daughter's going to go, no, I don't want to go hiking. And you're going to be like, I don't know. We'll do like a, we'll do a scramble. And then they want to do not necessarily difficult ones, but you know what I mean? They want to be like bouldering or they want to be going right. to something,
2: or doing some work. You know what I mean? Or if the parents could chill out and let the kids explore Okay, so yeah, the second one is more what I've found, and maybe it's like the age of kids I'm going with too, because I'm going with toddlers. the most <laughs> like everything's and, new. It's like, there's an aunt, let's go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I do find I'll suggest a trail, for example, and go with people and, and send it to moms, and then they'll be like, no, we have to do something harder. And I'm like, no. <laughs> We have to keep this short and sweet because my goal is that the kids have fun. And by the end, they want to do it again. But if it's like you're pushing them along and rushing them, then they're not going to say they want to do that again. So that's just always my goal. Keep it like short and sweet. And if at the end they're like, oh, it's over already, then do it again. (laughs) Or go somewhere else. I think too, it's just because we're so, we're so, um, as moms our
1: self-care, we're you know, like we, we're doubling that as our exercise. So we want right. to, we want to get something in. So it's not really for the kids that, you know, they, we're trying to do a dual benefit. Yes. Um, yeah. I see that too. Well, here's the thing I know. So in, um, we're near New Hampshire and we have a mountain called Monadnock, and it's only a mile and a half up. So it's the three mile, but it's straight okay. up. It's just straight. There's no flat and it's all like rock kind of like not, it's not bouldering or rock climbing, but like scrambles, Right. Right. Every kid loved it. I have never met a kid who can't do it, even if the adults are like crying. But the best thing, you know, like right now, your kid's a little young, but there's all this talk about kids in school and grit and building grit and resilience and grit and resilience. And it's like, you know, that's like not making a kid do a math problem until they cry. I'm like, you want to build grit, take them to this mountain because there's no, there's nothing more beautiful than, first of all, the the end is the top. So you got to get to the top. Every kid wants to get to the top, no matter how tired you are. Then you get to the top and the bitching starts. Oh, my legs hurt. There ain't no helicopter coming to rescue you. I can't carry you. You're nine years old. They, they got to get down. I don't have right. any more water. Well, I told you not to suck it down. Now you got to suffer. Like you've got to get down the mountain. Just like the hail on my shoulders. I was like, what am I going to do? It's hailing. I'm, it's, it's snowing. And I have a dress on. Right I gotta get down the mountain, <laughs> like, there's nobody coming to rescue me, and so I yes. feel like it's like the biggest life lesson of nobody's coming
2: to rescue you,
1: so suck it up.
2: So true, and I think that's just like anything in nature in general, right? We learn so yeah. many more lessons and kids learn so many more lessons than being stuck inside, I think now let me ask you, do you get any kickback because it always seems like like this is like the
1: biggest, of course, of course, kids need to be outside. Does anybody like give you shit about
2: it? Well, you know what I think. It is more, everyone can agree that kids need to be outside. So, not really kickback on that fact, but just the kickback of the accessibility of it. Mm. So, recently I just talked about how, like, getting outside actually is a privilege because we can get outside because we have the time to get outside, mm-hmm. because we have the financial resources to get the gear that the we gear, need to yeah. get outside. That's a big one for people. We have access to getting to some of these places. Like, if you don't have a car, How are you going to get to some of these places? And yeah, like, so for those reasons, it's kind of hard for some people, which I've really been realizing, especially the gear part. That part is kind of been breaking my heart recently. Like when I was in winter, I was thinking, yeah, there's a lot of layers that you have to put on a little kid. And if you don't have access to all of them, then that's hard. So yeah, just getting the access to it is mostly where the kickback comes and time. People will really say, well, I don't have the time to do it. Well, a couple of things we did um, right around Christmas, you
1: guys, if you want to go back, we had a no crab gift guide and they, we gave a lot of ideas about gear because we live in New England. So buying gear, you know, like Hannah Anderson, for example, it's very expensive gear, but it'll last you two or three seasons easily. Her snow suits, you know, or consignment shops and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, the gear is definitely a problem. But I always think too, is like, I don't know. I'm one of those people and I do understand, of course, some people are really in financial need. But I also think like sometimes it comes down to choices and like, you know, maybe don't buy the toy, buy the gear. And I know that's not as exciting on Christmas morning and you may not get as much love for, you know, a snowsuit
2: as you get for a PlayStation or a Switch, but (laughs) it'll provide you with longer,
1: you know, longer things.
2: So. Yeah, exactly. And then you can argue that with the time too, right? Because I mean, there is some people that are working in three jobs and they really can't, but if, you're not it's like are you watching tv after dinner or are you yeah and I think with toddlers
1: too. two I remember when Pascal you know like I said Pascal's gonna be 15 next week I remember oh my god the painful walks around the block because hours we had to you know they're so low to the ground every right <laughs> ant, every bug every stick every feather uh, you know every crap in the sidewalk we had to check out then I remember one day we got home and there were these ants like Somebody had spilled something in front of our house. Sweet. The ants were going to town. We just pulled up lawn chairs. I was out. We were outside for like eight hours. watched Like he just sat there watching these ants like it was television. So, you know, you guys, if you are in a rock and a hard place, either financially or time wise, or, you know, I know even some people are still real nervous with COVID and not quite back to, you know, activities, find an ant hill. Like, seriously, you're yes.
2: be, like, so entertained. Okay. No joke. Yesterday for two hours of the time we were outside, we just sat or stood on the sidewalk or the little grass patch by the sidewalk and just waved at cars going by <laughs> it was my daughter's entertainment. She's just like, hi everyone. And I think she brought a lot of smiles to people's faces. So I was like double whammy. We're, <laughs> we're helping people oh my God, too. I have two funny stories on that. So I just saw, um,
1: there's a little video going around on Facebook and it, it's this, these people, they drive around like they're kindness writers. So they just like drive around and shout out like, you're beautiful. You're super hot in those jeans. And everybody's like, thanks. Man! Yes, we need that. So the other story is I was um, five years old and in our neighborhood, there were these big girls and the big girls kind of came from the other side of the tracks and they like w- made their way through the neighborhood. Well, the big girls taught me how to say fucking asshole." So my mother oh, finds goodness. me out in the out in the front yard, and every car that went by, I went look at asshole. <laughs> I got punished. Oh, <laughs> you are. Are so much now, right? Oh, that's hilarious. So, um, on your website, so you guys, you should visit her website. It's literally her name, Lauren Rodick Eber. Eberly. Sorry about that. You got it. Um, yeah. .com. Yeah, and yeah, I'll put yeah. it, I'll put it in the show notes, but a very interesting, eclectic website full of all kinds of goodness. One thing you do that I noticed is you have a summer bucket list and a winter bucket list,
2: which I love. Thank Say you. Say more. Say more about that. Okay. So I, I also have a life bucket list. I'm just obsessed with bucket lists. <laughs> I just believe that if you write something down, you're more likely to make it happen. And I, I was saying the other day to my friends, because we were actually talking about this on our podcast too. For me, I'm not like feeling the pressure that I need to cross everything off the list right now, but it's just, okay, if I have time to do something let's look at the list, let's see what we want to do. So I make one every summer and every winter, just to kind of give us ideas of fun things to go through. And so like this summer, I'm making one that's super toddler friendly for my daughter yeah, to do yeah. with me. And also very COVID friendly, I guess too, because not as many things are open that we would necessarily do at least back home right now. So yeah, I just make list. like, okay, um, we want to have a lake day. We want to go on a hike, hopefully more than one of both of those. We want to go see local theater in the park and just whatever we can come up with. That's awesome. I think it's a really good idea because it's like a focus. You just need a,
1: cause we don't get stuck in the routine, you know? And yes. Well, you'll just sit and go, all right, let's watch Moana again. You know what I mean? Like, right.
2: just, like Easily. Well, and I was saying to my friend that has older kids, I'm like, you don't have to feel like you're forcing them to do it. They can make the list because I know I've done that with my niece and nephews before too. Okay, what do you want to do this summer? Let's make the list or even write it on popsicle sticks and then put it in a jar. And then every time you have a free day, let's pull it out and see randomly which one we're going to do today. I'm going to yeah. do that <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I used
1: to do that. You know what happens is your kid gets into this teen zone and they're they're like super pushing away from you, you know? And so right. there's like this, like how much do I jump in and how much do I not? And I had just gone on this retreat in Utah and I came back like with my head on fire. I was like, no, I'm not letting you go. You're going to stay
2: close to me. I don't even care if you don't like it. Yes. <laughs> you can cringe the whole time. Because <laughs> is it just heartbreaking? Like, oh, just hearing that tears my heart apart as I'm shaking. <laughs> it, well, you know, it's going to happen with we're at three. It happens at three,
1: two, the so three nature. Um, Is it heartbreaking? It's a little heartbreaking. What's heartbreaking is, okay, I've lived a really cool life. I used to be a circus performer. I've been a doula. I've been oh like a goodness. social worker. And now I'm a potty trainer, parenting coach. I've done a lot of things and I've had a cool life. Like I lived in San Francisco. I was doing performance art with, you know, blood in warehouses at midnight, you know, just random stuff. And like, to have a being look at you like you are the dumbest, most uncool thing ever. Like, how could you possibly know
2: anything? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) ah! Everybody I else in like, this totally other day appreciated me. <laughs> right. Because right now I'm at the point where my daughter looks at me like, oh my goodness, you can open that cup for me. You are magic. Like <laughs> I could never do that, but that's not going to last long. <laughs> Soon I'm going to be the person that
1: knows nothing. Oh my God. Like he came to me and he's like, have you ever heard of Nirvana? And I was like, we made Nirvana. <laughs> like, Nirvana exists because of my generation. <laughs> right like, in another sense it's wonderful to watch and I never you know what right. but I've been really honest is the baby phase for me was not exciting like literally every phase that happened was so great like the more they can express the more you can actually have conversations about your feelings instead of screaming about it <laughs> um, right you know it just gets really exciting and he's a he's a really cool kid so and he's very emotionally wise but yeah to, you know it's 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 and mean, you're looking at 14 months to 15. Like there's a whole bunch of shit in between. You know right. what I mean? Because I remember when he was learning to ride his bike, we lived in the city and the driveways, you know, just on the sidewalk and uh, the people not seeing him. And it, we lived in a college town. So I was like, wow, they're really not watching for him. And my heart was just always in my throat. And I was like, I don't, how do people learn how to dr- drive? Like, how does your kid drive? And then I was like, oh, because you don't go from riding a bike to driving. Like there's right. a bunch of other shit that makes you go crazy between there. So that by the yes. time you're driving, you're like, I'm just scared. Like, yeah. <laughs> <making out. laughs> so true. Yeah. Right. You know what we did? So we have done bucket lists in the like summer bucket list, particularly we haven't done winter because we snowboard. So that's pretty much if, if, it. Takes if there's nothing winter. to do, we go snowboard. Yeah. Um, but I think getting outside is super vital in the winter. So even you guys, like, again, if finances are an issue, start looking ahead, like you don't want to buy your winter stuff when it's at its highest price because summer is easy, right? Summer gear is pretty easy. It's the winter gear that's going to kill you. But right. that's what you need because that's where, when you're going to get depressed and stir crazy. And, you know, you need, you need
2: the sunshine and the fresh air. So, yeah. Yes. And you're right. Ideally, you're looking at secondhand winter gear when spring hits. Because mm-hmm. then, yeah, it's going to be at its lowest price. So
1: the other thing we
2: gear. did last year is we, uh, so I
1: unschool. So we homeschool, but we unschool, which means we don't do anything formal. We learn through life and living. And so we did this um, compare and contrast. We tried all, every ice cream place. We made a list of like, I think there were 75 ice oh cream places. And we made like this huge spreadsheet of like texture, taste, sweetness, you know, service and knowledgeable staff and so and we made a huge project out of testing the ice cream and then we came out with a list of the top 10 and circulated it to our friends so oh my goodness I'm copying that idea thank you I <laughs> know it's great and what happened was they like, towards the end of summer we started to run out of time. So like there were a couple of days where breakfast, lunch, and dinner were ice cream because we were like, we got to get on this, man. We got to hit these places. So like there were a couple of summer days where all we
2: ate was ice cream. <laughs> okay, but that is so memorable. Those are the things that kids are going to remember, right? And it's not happening every day. But I saw someone ask you the other day about ice cream because they were saying they made it at home and then they didn't want their kid to have it before dinner. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and yeah. you were like... No, they, you got to sample that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're making homemade ice cream. Sample it before dinner. Yeah. And you should know like,
1: I, oh, when I die, if I go to heaven, it, um, it's going to be a vat of ice cream that I can just like roll around in. I love ice cream. What's if your flavor? Were... Chocolate chip. Just okay. Be... And so
2: were you getting chocolate chip at every single ice cream? I spot? did, yes. Truly compare. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what you need to do. I'm right? getting cake batter. Okay. I would, say, yeah. I would do mint chocolate chip. And it can't be dyed, right? Because then it's nasty, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I if it was the the only option they had, are
1: supposed to be white,
2: right? Exactly, a true like mint extract.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so now I wanted to ask you. So you have on your website, you have a whole section with Dr. Ashley, who is a friend of yours, an ambassador of Kids Who Explore, and a fabulous dentist. So I kind of went down Dr. Ashley's rabbit hole. Yes, she's Um, amazing. Yeah, so I'm going to have her on the podcast, but I wanted to dip into, because I think this is going to be really useful for my audience, is that she did a blog post about sippy cups and that sippy cups shouldn't happen. And when should you introduce an open cup? And that should be your child's first cup. There should yes. be no closed cup. Yes. And so you have a 14 month old and you did this.
2: Yeah, so she's never used a sippy cup. She's never even she hasn't used the the Munchkin 360, which is also really bad, which Dr. Ashley talks about. So right from so Colin started eating on her own at 6 months. So 6 months gestational age cuz that's important to know too. And we went straight to the open cup and then once she mastered that, then we well, I guess masters <laughs> Say, yeah, yeah. wait, say more about six months gestationally. Yeah. So if your child was four weeks early. Oh, okay. They were born four weeks early. Then you probably actually don't want to start them on solids until they're seven months. Because exactly. you build that in. Yeah, exactly. Until call so, it in the stall. They still right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we went to the open cup. One that's really, really amazing is Easy Peasy is the brand. So it's E-Z-P-E-Z, literally the letters. And they have this tiny cup. So it's only two ounces and it's silicone (laughs) and it has a heavy bottom and it's just perfect for them that they can hold it in their hands right off the bat. And you can put in just a little bit. So even if they spill everywhere, it doesn't make a huge mess as you and I were talking about, because people freak it up with the mess, which mess is good (laughs) because (laughs) Yes. They start messy, but if you just let them do it, they're going to be able to do it on their own. And my daughter Collins was able to do it on her own really quickly. And then we introduced the straw cup and then you're combining the two. So those are the only cups she's ever used. That is amazing. So are you guys, did you guys hear that? Six months open cup. So I get, I get
1: so much, not so much on Patreon and my podcast, but definitely my potty training clients are like, We've got like a real infantilizing problem going on. And one of the things is that like three-year-olds, well, they don't know how to use a cup. We got to teach them. Like there's no, you don't have a sippy cup till you're 12. You know, and even then I would imagine you would still have to learn how to use a cup.
2: (laughs) And I feel like all these things are just easier if you start them. Like I have people ask me all the time how my daughter just uses our cutlery and our bowls and she doesn't break them and, and our plates and everything. And I'm like, well, we just- Offered them. To her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's it's stages, true. but yeah, I just think the earlier you do that stuff, the better. But it's interesting these things that just everyone assumes is normal without checking kind of the research behind it, like the sippy cup. I don't know why everyone thinks they need to use the sippy cup. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's mess, but I also think we got
1: we got hoodwinked. So I go off on this quite a lot. We got hoodwinked into this hydration and hide the I, so the whole notion of By the time you experience thirst, you're dehydrated is literally a marketing campaign by Gatorade. It's literally a marketing campaign. Thirst is your body's way of saying I'm thirsty. It's not that you're dehydrated. It's not that it's too late. So we've been, it's a potty training problem. I think why a lot of kids are hard to potty train, I bet Collins is going to be wicked easy because she's drinking from a cup. They're taking in too much water because we're obsessed with hydration. You know, I don't want to be all okay boomer on you, but like literally we used to play out in the backyard all the time with the, the garden hose that was like, and rusted, disgusting, nasty. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure it was in BPA filled plastic garden hose, and we were just sucking it down. But like, we were not obsessed with water, and people weren't passing out of dehydration. So, like, we got we got really obsessed with that, and parents are way overloading their kids. And so, the sippy cup, I say, get rid of it, especially with night training, because the kid is often sucking for comfort, so they're not thirsty; they're just taking it in. And then also, how can you monitor if there's sippy cups all over the house and in the car? And, um, you know, and it, when my kid was little, I had a friend and it never occurred to me. And it was so brilliant. She just thought it was patience training. You know, you're in the car and the kid's thirsty. I mean, granted, she didn't just come out of a nine hour hike in the Sahara. They were at the Children's Museum, you know, like, the I'm thirsty. Well, you can wait till we get home. And she always used an open cup, too. Yeah. Oh, okay you know, not by way of like, like I said, they weren't doing something totally exerting where the
2: kids were dying of thirst, but just because right. a little thirsty or hungry. They're not going to, they're not going to pass out, you know? Right. But even like you were saying with hiking, it's good to teach them, right. A little bit at a time. Yeah. Hiking so they don't suck it all back at once. And then they don't have any left for the rest of the hike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we know too, guys, one of the things, if you
1: are going hiking with toddlers, people always ask me like, that one mountain that I do. And now I'm not going to be like, well, what do I bring? And I was like, snacks and friends, like snacks and friends, the best snacks, you know? So yes. <laughs> um, my experience with camping, I had never camped my whole life. And I moved to San Francisco and my best friend was an outward bound director. So she could find, like, she could use a compass effectively. <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to now, but at the time I didn't. And so my first experience of hiking was like 90 pound pack bushwhacking through like Lake Tahoe. It was crazy. And she was always like, eat well on the trail. And so we would pack like the best food for the trail because you're tired and you're roughing it. And so that's my motto with kids is like bring the best snacks with friends and then you'll hear no bitching. But if you try to 100%. do it with just
2: one kid, you're just going to hear bitching whole way. Yeah. And you will want too many snacks, like overdo oh. the snacks. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> last thing you want to forget. You're so right. Everyone says that in kids who explore too. That's awesome. And now with Kids Who Explore,
1: um, were you guys finding, like, what prompted you guys to make this? Were you finding that there was a lack or were you just wanting to highlight it or?
2: Well, so Adriana would be amazing to talk to you about this too, which you'll get to meet her soon. But we were always hiking together and we were doing these crazy adventures. like some once you're talking about, we'd get caught in the dark and we'd be lost and we'd be bushwhacking down a mountain or we'd run into a bear. Like all these things happened to us. We were just not, I want to say we were prepared, but we were probably not overly prepared. And so once I had Collins and she was pregnant with her son, we were hiking together and we started to be like, we need something like we want our kids to be on all these adventures with us, but we need something that makes sure like safety's in the forefront right. and that we can, and that we can still do all these things and involve them. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And she used to be, well, I guess she still is actually an ambassador for women who explore. So that was always kind of like in her blood. So this was just the next step, <laughs> but definitely a lack as well you know, there was so many of our friends just wanted to go out without their kids. And we're like, no, we want to involve them. We want them to experience this too. So yeah. it's been such an amazing community that she's built up and we've seen like the impact, even just you sharing the tips and tricks and like people realizing it's easier than it looks to just get outside and it doesn't have to be this huge extravagant thing. I think it's yeah. been huge. I'm not sure if it was your podcast or I heard about, I, I thought it was a, a
1: for my lifestyle, cause I just have to be outside so much, but it was like this hierarchical pyramid, like spend five hours a month in a park, an urban setting, like just try to get out. Like even if you're in the dead of the city, like, can you put your feet in some grass at some park right. somewhere, you know, just feel that green. Then it was like five hours a month, like in nature where you can't hear sounds from cars or, you know, like it was, it was a, a hierarchy. And then the top one was like three days in the woods without you know oh, okay. anybody around that kind of thing and I thought it was interesting because I was like well I did that this week like you know right you know, instead of five hours a month but but again I live on like you know I'm, I'm in the middle of the woods so so I don't have to worry about that I worry about ticks instead yes <laughs> that's awesome thank you Lauren for being on here that was super fun
2: it was um, so much fun people, where can people find you yeah, so everything's Lauren Rodick Everly. So I know you'll put that in the show notes. So laurenrodickerly.com on Instagram, Lauren Everly. And then that links to everything that the kids who <laughs> explore it's like kids who explore.com is that website. Yeah. Kids who explore.com kids who explore.ca and kids who explore on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> you can find kids who explore everywhere. So, but same thing, if you go to the website or the Instagram, it will link to all that.
1: And you did, you said you just started in January, right? Yeah. We just launched in January. So that's fucked up. Cause I don't go by like numbers, but I always like, I'm always curious. Like you go to Instagram and I'm like, shit, they have like 45,000 followers. That's awesome. From
2: just January. That's cool. It is wild how much it has grown. It's been, like I said, so amazing. And it's, I think a huge part too, is like we have an ambassadors from all over the world. So that's the goal to make this like a worldwide thing. So that, and then also um, with COVID right now, everything is like virtual. So hopefully at some point we'll be able to do more in-person events in various areas. But like right now we'll do like a virtual planet cleanup or, you know, just different events where everyone can get involved wherever they are.
1: Sweet, all right. Well, that's it for today, you guys. As always, rock on. I appreciate you. I appreciate your patronage. And we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: All right. I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, yummy new book pre-sale treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the O-Crap oh potty training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified O-Crap oh consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.